We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. As waves of baby boomers retire, some opting for early retirement due to the dynamics of COVID-19, an abundance of free time is upon them. January is National Mentoring Month, and becoming a mentor enables them to add purpose to their lives by giving back and helping younger people overcome obstacles and make progress. On the line to discuss is Arnie Witkin, author of It's Not a Big Thing in Life, Strategies for Coping, Considerations for My Adult Grandchildren. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Vicki. Arnie, how does a senior citizen acting as a mentor bridge the age gap when mentoring a much younger person? I think, Vicky, the mentor should always create confidence in the mentee. There needs to be rapport. There needs to be trust. The mentee, in theory, will respect the mentor because, you know, he's done it before and could be a well-known personality in a certain field. Now, to bridge the gap, the mentor should never think that he knows it all because today the young people know a lot more than us oldies. However, there are some things that are timeless, like perspective, common sense, the right values, and the mentor should have a sense of calmness and in certain cases, a sense of certainty. Another way to bridge the gap is not to give direct advice, but to ask questions so that you're drawing out of the mentee what they know and because you're not inflicting your views on them and they've got confidence in you and they can, it's coming out of themselves, that should bridge the gap. How does a mentor go about restoring someone's confidence? It has to do with questions that you ask and mindset. So if a mentee is lacking a little bit of confidence at the time, I would say to them, okay, tell me three times that you've been successful. Even one one time that you remember most. What did you do to make you successful? Can we do those things again now? Then I would always ask them to write things down. I'd say, okay, write down. Tell me what it is exactly that you're not confident about. And when it's written down, the problem becomes concrete. You can see it. Before that, it's in their head. It's in cyberspace. It's a jumble. It's a mess. When they write it down, then they can see exactly what needs to be done to get back to having this confidence. And now ask them power questions like what and how. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And I would recognize their feelings. I'd say, okay, you don't feel confident now, but how are we going to move that? How are we going to change that mindset? You know, form is temporary, class is permanent. Think of all the people that have failed. Nelson Mandela said, don't judge me by my successes, but how many times I fell and got up again. And all my mentees, when they go through this process, writing it down, they go from anxiety to action, and they go from procrastination to progress. What are some relatable principles that helped you achieve success as a young adult that still apply today to millennials and other generations seeking success? Okay, for me, The single most relatable principle is self-responsibility. I am totally responsible for myself. Uh, I can't expect or demand anything from anybody. I can't blame my parents, my children, the government, 
circumstances, God, nobody. That's the number one principle that I abide by, which I instill in all my mentees. Now, other relatable principles, writing things down, creating options, making a plan. There are lots of problem-solving exercises you can look up in the internet. I find, well, I use the GROW model, absolutely relatable. What's my goal? What's the reality? What are my options? Which one am I going to choose? And to me, that's the most practical, relatable principle that you can have. But there are others as well. You know, having a purpose, focus, working hard. These are all very, very important principles. Honesty, even having compassion. I'm speaking with Arnie Witkin, author of It's Not a Big Thing in Life, Strategies for Coping, Considerations for My Adult Grandchildren. Arnie, as we celebrate National Mentoring Month, what prompted you to give back by becoming a mentor? Nikki, all my life, people have confided in me. I don't know why. When I was a teenager, my friends would come talk to me. They knew I was totally confidential. I was empathetic. I listened to what they were saying. I recognized their feelings. I didn't judge them. And I've been doing this for a very long time. I was the chairman of four companies. In a sense, I'm mentoring people underneath me. But probably the the critical point was in 1979, when I was in London, it was the year of Bjorn Borg, when his fourth woman was in vinyl, and I went with a friend of mine to a restaurant, and Borg walked in with his coach, and I said to my friend, that's Borg and his coach. He said, yes, so what? I said, do you realize the best in the world has got a coach? What about us poor mortals? Anyway, when I retired from active business about 16 years ago, I got cancer and I I had to retire from active business. I became a mentor and I mentor mainly entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs who can't afford expensive coaches. So I do it pro bono and it's my way of giving back. Now, the fact is that I'm actually a huge beneficiary because I get so much joy from seeing my mentees blossom and I learn a great deal about the modern world. I had one friend, in fact, one of my mentors, when I was about 40. He said, honey, you need three kinds of friends. Friends that are older than you for wisdom, friends your same age group because they're your peers, and friends that are younger than you because they'll tell you what's going on in the world. What types of homework do you give your mentees? The homework is always writing things down in a problem-solving manner. They have to write it down, create options, and come back with all their options and usually what they've decided. But in fact, when they see the options written down with all the problems, the answer presents itself. It's like a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Writing things down, Vicky, with options, you automatically will find the answer. If there's one message I can give to your listeners. Besides sharing their work and life experience, how can older mentors most impact mentees? First of all, I think that if you're a senior citizen and you want to do mentoring, I would suggest you take a short mentoring course. I did a coaching course and also, strangely enough, my wife runs a mentoring masterclass. And I think the mentors will get a lot from that. Now, the mentors can impact the mentees by stretching them. The purpose of the mentoring is to stretch the mentee so that they're always doing that much better. They have to do it kindly and not make them snap. But it's like caving, you know, people who go into caves. The mentor, been there before, knows the layout, knows the way. The mentor can shine a light in the corners that the mentee hasn't seen before. And he shines the light both for pitfalls and possibilities. So when this happens, the mentee gets 
a aha moment. He comes to the solution himself or herself. So the mentor helps the mentee by not giving advice, by asking the questions that shine the light. Technology has opened up this whole new world of opportunities in business and significantly increased competition, especially among entrepreneurs. How would you advise someone to stand out from the crowd? Well, that's, uh, that's interesting, Vicky, because to stand out from the crowd, you have to have an idea that people want, and that's got to do with innovation. You know, it's, it's got to do with a brilliant idea. What makes a brilliant idea? I don't know. Today, there are so many. But once you've got that brilliant idea, I think the thing that will make you stand out as an individual is the energy you project. Everything is energy. When you project positive energy, which is in one sense calm but serious, which is dynamic, where you have a feeling you know where you're going, you have a belief in yourself, that will create positive energy. Now, everybody with any idea, you need to convince somebody to back your idea, whoever they may be. And whoever you're talking to, when you exude that positive energy, you stand out from the crowd. I've been speaking with Arnie Witkin, author of It's Not a Big Thing in Life, Strategies for Coping, Considerations for My Adult Grandchildren. Arnie, how would you like us to get your book? Well, you can go to my website, arniewitkin.com, which will give you a lot more information about the book. There's a tag on mentoring as well. There's also a link to Amazon because the book's available on Amazon or you can go directly to Amazon and that's where the book's available. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for being an amazing mentor and happy National Mentoring Month. Thank you very much, Vicky. It's been a pleasure. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.